celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas. The Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. Gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf flow, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Wednesday. It is the 30th day of August, 2023. Wow. Zipped right through this month, didn't we? 8302023 is your date. We welcome you to the show. We come to you live and direct from the gaming capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at our studio station, home-based sports talk, 1400 AM and 107.1 FM as well. Well, we know the weather across the country has a complete spectrum, really. Of course, it's uh, beautiful right now here in Las Vegas at about 10 minutes after 7 a.m. in the a.m. We are at 82 degrees, 82. It was really hot yesterday. Got up to, a, like, I was driving around town, and my car registered like 113 degrees going around town there. But today we're going to top off at 107, the weatherman says, 107. Going to cool it off on Thursday, 104. And then as we ramp up to the final big weekend of some, some summertime 2023, Labor Day weekend, Friday, make it Thursday, 104. Okay? Tomorrow, 104. And it's sunny. Now, Friday comes in, and we've got some cloud cover coming in, and we have a 42% chance of some precipitation on Friday, and we're going to top off at 95. Then on Saturday, you know, we start, same thing, on Saturday, about uh, 49%, a little bit more rain, 89 degrees we're going to top off. Then Sunday, it becomes sunny and beautiful, 88 degrees. Monday, Labor Day Monday. 90 degrees here in Las Vegas. So that's your weather uh, kind of uh, little uh, weather prediction from the weather service for Las Vegas, your gaming capital, just in case you want to spend the last big some some summertime four-day weekend here in Las Vegas, where we'll do all this great stuff, including, of course, uh, all the great racing coming up around the country in our race books. Now, as far as the weather across the country is concerned, come on, you know, everybody's uh, looking at the uh, 
big hurricane that's going on down there in Florida, zipping through Florida. Uh, even if you're not watching a weather channel, you know about it. It's uh, <clears throat> we Our thoughts and prayers go out to those people in that tract going from the Gulf across part of the panhandle and top of uh, Florida before it makes its way through the uh, Carolinas and out to the Atlantic Ocean. Separately, there's been a lot of rain going on in the northeast, a different storm, so much so that Jonathan Hardoon reports to us uh, Saratoga's been raining like crazy. So today, no turf racing at Saratoga. You know the track will be sloppy. We'll get Jonathan's update in a few moments. And then the rest of the country looks pretty darn good. Really clear across the rest of the country. And, of course, the temperatures. Phoenix is going to top out at 111 today, as well as us. So we're going to, we're going to top out right up there. Uh, New York, 86. Chicago, 68 degrees in Chicago. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> let's see, Dallas, Texas, 99. So kind of still uh, heat around in, in, in and through Texas and right around in that area. And, that, and that's about it to start off our racing week looking at it from Las Vegas, Nevada. All right. Now, you know, last weekend was the big, big weekend at Saratoga with the Traverse Stakes and all the great stakes races there. You know what happened with the, the breakdown there. And we're going to have a, a thought or two about the aftermath that uh, the authorities are taking a look at. But now we ramp up to the big, big weekend in Southern California, Del Mar, the beach. Because the 33rd edition of the Grade 1 Pacific Classic will be the centerpiece this weekend. They drew 11 runners yesterday. And um, they say for the first time, the mile-and-a-quarter race for three-year-olds and up has attracted three different three-year-olds, and any of them can win the million-dollar headliner. So we've got, uh, and of course, the top ones are Go Rocket Ride and Arabian Night, which will be going in uh, the Pacific Classic, and a lot of great racing uh, as well over the weekend. Remember, Labor Day is Monday, so here you go. Here we go again. We're going to have a Labor Day uh Monday race day show. We begin at our usual weekday start time at 7 a.m. like today, <coughs> Pacific time. But we will have a Labor Day Monday show. Now, coming up uh, as we ramp up uh, today, you have the P.G. Johnson Stakes at Saratoga tomorrow. Kentucky Downs will kick off. What a meet they're going to have at Kentucky Downs. Talking about big buck, big bucks, and no whammies. Wow. They're going to start out with uh, putting their toe in the shallow end of the pool with a $500,000 tap at stakes at Kentucky Downs. Saratoga comes back with the with anticipation. Then on Friday, Saratoga will have uh, the Sarnak, grade three on the turf. Saturday, whew, man, talk about Saturday, big day of racing. Colonial Downs has uh, several stakes races there. One, two, three, four, five stakes races at Colonial Downs, all for uh, 150, 125,000. But uh, Del Mar, of course, Saturday's the big uh, Pacific Classic Day. Now, amongst the Pacific Classic, the $1 million uh, centerpiece of the day, which is a Breeders' Cup win and you're in, two other Breeders' Cup win and you're in races on Saturday's card at Del Mar. They include the Del Mar Handicap, a grade two on the turf, 
and the green flash was to grade three on the turf at uh, five furlongs. And, and they'll throw in the grade two Del Mar Mile on the turf as well. There will be five stakes races overall on uh, Saturday at Del Mar. The other one is the Torrey Pines at grade three. So it's a big day there. Kentucky Downs. Check out the purses on this deal. The music, uh, the music City stakes a great three on the turf, million bucks, three-year-old fillies, sprint. Then you have the uh, the Gun Runner, a million dollars for three-year-olds at a mile, and then you have the Mint Million, a great three on the turf for two million dollars for three-year-olds and up at a mile. That's on Saturday, at Kentucky Downs, big bucks. And, of course, Saratoga will uh, step in with four stakes races on Saturday. Two of them will be Breeders' Cup winning your ends. The Flower Bowl, a grade two for the three-year-olds up, three-year-olds and up fillies and mares at uh, mile and three-eighths. Then you have uh, the Jockey Club Gold Cup, a grade one for a million dollars, three-year-olds and up at a mile and a quarter. Flower Bowl, Jockey Club, Gold Cup, both Breeders' Cup winning or in races. In addition, you'll have the Prioress, a grade two for three-year-old fillies sprinting, and the Harvey Pack Stakes, four-year-olds and up at five and a half furlongs on the turf, if they're running on the turf by then at Saratoga. Okay? That all happens on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Del Mar comes back with the uh, Del Mar Derby, a grade two on the turf, the Shared Belief. Saratoga is going to have the spin away for the two-year-old Phillies at grade one at seven furlongs. And uh, Kentucky Downs will pop in with the half-million-dollar National Thoroughbred League handicap and the one-million-dollar Dueling Grounds Oaks for three-year-old Phillies. Man, they're throwing around a million dollars like nothing. And then, of course, Monday, Labor Day Monday, Del Mar will come back with a generous portion and the Tranquility Lake, Saratoga will host the Bernard Baruch, and the Hopeful, the grade one for the two-year-olds at seven furlongs. That's the big centerpiece for the two-year-olds at Saratoga. So you can see we have a nice big weekend of great stakes races around the country. Hopefully, we cross our fingers. Let's get around the racetrack nice and safe. My. Mm. Okay. Anyhow, that's, uh, that's the latest of the news. And as far as uh, the aftermath of what happened at Saratoga over the weekend, the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority announced yesterday <clears throat> the implementation of two additional safety precautions that will be in place for the remainder of the meeting at Saratoga. HISA Rule 2142A requires all horses running under HISA's jurisdiction to undergo post-entry screening, post-entry screening. This review occurs between the time the entry is taken at the entry box and the time the regulatory veterinarians perform their in-person physical inspection on race day. This function is generally carried out by local regulators and regulatory veterinarians. Through the remainder of Saratoga's meeting, a HISA veterinarian will perform the post-entry screenings to provide an additional layer of independent analysis to identify any horses that may be 
at increased risk of injury before the race. All right, look, everything they're doing, you got to sit to yourself and say, if it, if it even marginally helps out, do it. But this corner, and this is just me, look, those breakdowns happened in the same spot on the main racetrack after days of rain before that day, which was sunny, when the racetrack was steel, sealed, and eerily happened in the same spot on the main track with a horse performing the same way, you know, running away from their field in a super effort. So maybe they ought to really take a strong look at that portion of the racetrack and overall when it rains and they seal the track, how the track is thereafter before they start harrowing the track again. Just my opinion. Anyhow, we'll have uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Hardoon's opinion. Get John Lindo in here as well. Jonathan uh, and, of course, Jerry Jackowitz have some selections for Saratoga today. And uh, we still have your recap of what happened on Sunday yet to come and your racing menu. So simply put, we got to get going, right? All right, so we're going to go six days straight now. Today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Labor Day Monday with the Race Day Las Vegas radio programs. As we ramp up to the final big weekend of Some Some Summertime 2023. We'll be right back. is fast and exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada race book mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the race book right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show 
Alrighty, back on Race Day Las Vegas. Well, let's take a look at what happened on uh, Sunday uh, at the uh, two big places, Saratoga and um, Del Mar. Saratoga had the New York Showcase Day of Racing. And uh, at Saratoga, winners of those races, the Fleet Indian won by Ichabon, Linda Rice, and Jose Ortiz together, 660. You had uh, the West Point won by City Man for Christophe Clement. Joel Rosario paying $7.90. The Funny Side for two-year-olds was won by the Wine Steward. Mike Maker Train, Manny Franco Ridden, 420. The uh, Yetto Stakes, a new Ginya wins that. Dylan Davis for Christophe Clement at 1980. Uh, and then you had the Seeking the Anti Stakes won by Caldwell Loves Gold. Florent Garot for Brad Cox, 760. That was Brad Cox's second consecutive win. He won the sixth race, the race before that as well. And then uh, in the, uh, let's see, the uh, Albany, the winner of that race was Drake's Passage, Manny Franco, his second uh, win of the day, second stakes win of the day, $4.50, giving Christophe Clement his Third stakes win on New York Showcase Day. Wow. Uh, Jackson Heights ran second. Miracle Mike was third. Drake's Passage wins the Albany. And the pick six at Saratoga. Mm. Six twenty-seven sixty twenty-seven dollars thirteen forty four fifty and thirty-five forty. Came back a hundred and twenty-one thousand three hundred eighty-eight dollars and fifty cents. That was a New York showcase right there for that uh, player. By the way, Manny Franco uh, scored on that uh, last race winner at 35-40, giving him four wins on uh, Sunday at Saratoga. Del Mar, the Rancho Bernardo, won by Ida, Bob Baffert, for uh, Juan Hernandez. I'm sorry, Juan Hernandez riding for Bob Baffert. Ida paid... uh, 360, winning her seventh race in a row. Wow. Uh, Kristen Bosch was second, and Prince Adelaide was third. And you talk about uh, jockeys having a a good day. Uh, Antonio Fresu won three races at Del Mar, and last week, he won ten races last week at Del Mar during during last week's racing. And that uh, pushed him up to second place. In the uh, jockey standings. How about that? Wow. Pretty good stuff, I'd say. All righty. And uh, that was uh, a recap of what happened on uh, Sunday. Oh, by the way, there are four stakes races at uh, Woodbine as well. And in those four stakes races at Woodbine, uh, the Muskoka uh, Muskoka stakes, I should say, won by Hurricane Claire for Marty Drexler. And Sahin Savachi paying four thirty. The Elgin won by rapid test. Uh, Kazuchi Kimura four dollars and ten cents for Catherine Day Phillips. The Algoma won by uh, Super Sinclair with Mr. Campos aboard for Philip Hall paying four dollars. Even a lot of favorites winning those stakes races. As a, ma- a matter of fact, the race favorite in every one of the stakes races on Sunday prevailed because in the Simcoe Stakes, my boy Prince. 
for Mark Cassie and giving uh, Sahan Sivachi his second stakes race of the day, pay $2.40. So, all that stuff happened on Sunday, but we got uh, we got to start setting up stuff for today, don't we? All right. Here's the menu of racetracks available today in the racebook, simulcast centers, and racetracks around the country. Want to remind you, as we always do, the first post on your broadcast on the show each and every day reflect that at the Pacific Time Zone. So if you're here in Las Vegas on this beautiful Wednesday morning, these will be the first post times to roll out in our race books today. If you're listening on the internet at our websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global. If you're listening on your devices, your iPhones, Androids, with the KSHP app that you can put on your devices so you can hear us now. Or if you're listening anywhere you get your podcasting, however, wherever, whenever, and you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it. Because uh, we have uh, our first post times as Pacific here. Okay? All right. Here we go. We begin with uh, Delaware Park. Eight races, first post time, 9.30 at Delaware Park today. Parks Racing is next. Pick five, jackpot carry over 49,106. 33,955. Take your choice. Ten races at Parks, first post time, 9.40. Saratoga, ten races today. Now, Jonathan tells me it's been raining a whole bunch for a long time in Saratoga. They haven't posted any track conditions or scratches yet on their website, so we're going to assume that Jonathan will tell us all about it. We do know that the steeplechase race, the first race of the day, has been canceled, and all the turf races have been transferred to the main track. The feature today is the $150,000 P.G. Johnson for two-year-old fillies now on the main track at a mile and 16. That's the ninth race on the card. I don't know if it's a mile and 16th, though. We'll have to check. That's probably a mile. But 11 are entered. Expect some scratches, I guess. And the favorite at 3-1 is Miss Sensation with Jose Ortiz. That's the P.G. Johnson now on the main track. Ten races today at Saratoga. Probably be uh, starting off as sloppy. I'm just guessing. First post time is 10-10. The steeplechase race has been canceled. All right? I'll just tell you that again. Steeplechase race canceled. All right, Finger Lakes is next. Uh, Finger Lakes has a uh, first post time of 10.15 for their eight races. Then you have Horseshoe Indianapolis. They got a super high five carry over there of uh, $3,073. And their first post time, Horseshoe Indianapolis, for their 10 races, of which the first eight are thoroughbreds. The last two races will be quarter horse stakes races today, or the last race. I should say one of the last two will be a quarter horse stakes race. But both of them are quarter horse races. So you got eight thoroughbreds, two quarter horse races. First post time, Horseshoe Indianapolis is at 11.30. Presque Isle Downs has eight races. Their first post time is 12 high noon. Then we go to Hawthorne Racecourse with a super high five jackpot carryover of $7,927. And their first post time at Hawthorne. They also have a pick six carryover. Jackpot carryover for 122 bucks. First post time for seven races, Hawthorne, 12.30. And then we go to Penn National. Seven races, just seven races today at Penn National. Super high five jackpot carry over $7,811. And a first post time of 3 p.m. We wrap it up with Canterbury Park. 
their first post time is 3.05. And that is your racing menu for today. As we start off the Labor Day, long Labor Day run to uh, Labor Day Monday. All right, let's go to uh, Jonathan Nardoon standing by. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How are you? I'm doing fine. <laughs> Actually, <Okay. laughs> I... Uh, it rained last night, and it rained on Tuesday, and it rained on Monday. The sun is actually trying to come out now. The race is, the track is going to start off muddy. And, uh, you know, if the sun stays out, it will uh, be fast, I'm sure, within a couple of races. All right. Well, now we got that rain, and then we got a drying out racetrack, and we got all that stuff. And, you know, with the two uh, tragic breakdowns in dramatic fashion on national TV in the last couple of weeks at Saratoga, I mean, everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. I got to tell you, uh, you know, with all this rain you guys have, had i mean you've had a, an abundance of rain there and uh, through through today before today uh 59 races have been moved off the turf and on the main track more today compared to just 17 during the entire meet last meet and with the drying out track and all that i mean there's a lot of variables i think that they better start looking at the weather conditions and the track and the way they seal and harrow it and when they do that because it's eerie the way it was the two breakdowns happened in the same spot on the racetrack well i don't think they were really the same spot i think this past saturday was like inside the eighth hole and uh uh maple leaf mel who who was uh who broke down two weeks ago i think was actually inside the 16th pole so it wasn't exactly the same spot there's no question ralph that the rain the rain the rain the rain is the major cause for all of this you know in the old days they used to run over sloppy tracks now they can't wait to seal them and that's the worst thing in the world in my opinion when you seal a racetrack, it becomes hard as a rock, and that can't possibly be good on horses. You know, it just it can't be. They're running on concrete, and and you're going to get breakdowns. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's crazy the reaction of you know. Unfortunately, breakdowns are part of the game, and it happens. And when it happens on national TV on two of the bigger days of the meet, and right in front of everybody, well, that compounds the problem that much. You know. That much more. Everyone's calling for synthetic tracks and stop dirt racing and all this. Yeah, there's so much more to it. That's not the that's not the answer. Believe me, the answer is, in my opinion, they have to stop sealing the tracks. For years, everybody ran over sloppy tracks. It was no big deal. People liked it. There were mutters, if you remember, in the old racing form. If you got an X or a circle with an X, you love the mud. You don't see that anymore. For some reason, they're against running on, on off tracks. I don't know why, but I think in the long run, it's probably better for the horses. Um, not only that, the horse that broke down on Saturday, there were certainly physical question marks going into the race. The horse was scratched, vet scratched four times. Four times he was, he's been vet scratched. Wait, wait, now, is, so that, is, that, is that New York Thunder or the horse that broke down earlier? No, the horse that ran on Saturday, New York uh, Thunder. You know, the horse that ran this past Saturday. New York he was Thunder. A vet scratch. Yeah, he was a vet scratch four times this year oh already. Oh, my. You know, so obviously he's had physical problems. I'm not saying that the vets blew it and he got past the vets this week, but uh -huh. when your vet scratch four times, 
something's up. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, it's easy just to blame the track and everything else, but there's no question that it's it's majority of it is is based on the weather. You just can't have rain, rain, rain every single day and nonstop. I mean, I've been coming here. This is my 52nd year, Ralph, wow. and never, ever have we ever seen weather like this. Never. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we never see it again because it totally destroyed the meat. The field sizes have been scratched down to nothing. There's very few good betting opportunities because of the field size. You know, so that really destroyed the meat. Unfortunately for them, it had to come. You know, I, I live here all year round. And I could tell you for two months into the Saratoga meat, it was beautiful every single day. Uh. No rain at all. And then as soon as they started racing, boom, the rains came. It was just bad luck. You know, again, I don't think you'll ever have another year like this. I certainly hope not. And it's it's terrible when you're watching a race and you can't watch your horse. You're more concerned that everybody makes it around safely. Yeah. Because if you care at all about this game, you don't want to see what happened, you know, on those two breakdowns. You just don't want to see it. And if you can't even watch your horse and root for your horse, you're just more concerned that everybody makes it around the track. So that's a problem. Well. Yeah, and and the fact that the horse had been scratched so many times it raises that uh, flag as well. But you're right in the fact that maybe they have overcompensated for safety because when you seal a racetrack, that's fine. You're trying to get as much of the moisture not to settle through the track but to roll off it, you know, etc. But uh, in the old days, I mean, you remember when it rained and it rained hard, you went from fl- fast to sloppy, and then it was nature and the natural progression of how dirt dries when you went from sloppy to muddy to uh, heavy to slow to good and then fast, right? Right. Right. Now it just goes sloppy, sealed, fast. fast. I mean, there's nothing in between. And so where is all that water going? So obviously, you know, listen, I'm not a track uh, super, a super attack. I know nothing about it. It's just common sense. If you just sit back and look at the picture and what's going on, you know, that's what I, that's what I attribute all these problems to. I really do. Listen, 70 other horses ran on Saturday. No one else had a problem, you know? So it's just, it's a freak thing. It happens. And it's a, it's obviously terrible for the game and nobody wants to see it, but those are the cards we, we are dealt. Now, I know they've talked to um, the horsemen they, and, you know, all the horsemen, et cetera, and, and the vets and everybody's getting involved now because no, no matter whether you're, you're a PETA or, or, or a regular racing everyone fan, has goes, an everyone has an opinion and everyone has a concern, and it's rightfully so. The concern itself of the safety of these horses and, and riders should be universal, no matter what side, no matter what political, you know, angle you're taking at this that's first and foremost how you get there is the different ways of doing it but has anybody talked to like uh, the jockeys and sit there and say have you noticed anything when you're riding over the tracks that are different or well you could be sure if there was a problem they would open their mouth i mean a few weeks ago when they took the races off the grass it's because the riders refused you know they said it wasn't safe Uh uh-huh so, so they listened to them and removed. They took the horses off the grass, off, off the races off the grass, and moved them to the main track. You know, so obviously the the riders have an input. There's no question about that. 
All right, so you said that uh, these two horses didn't break in, break down in the same spot on the track, but they uh, broke down in what we would consider the same lane, which was down on the inside, right? Well, I guess so, but yeah. they were, um, again, Saturday's breakdown, I think, was right outside the 8th pole, and yeah. uh, that Maple Leaf Mel broke down inside the 16th pole, I would think. Yeah, the, only thing, the only thing that I'm saying is that maybe, uh, you know, when they seal the track, they're trying to seal the track to get the water off the top of the track, and sometimes, you know, they want it to slant towards the inner railing so it moves through the inner railing and out in the, the infield, or certainly between that and the turf course. Um, because uh, most okay, racetracks, most but, race, most racetracks have a crown, you know, and what I'm saying is maybe, have, yeah. maybe, exactly. uh, it's yeah, that and inner, and the water, the water rolls towards the inside, yeah. not towards the outside. Right. That's why a lot of times when it's heavy, when it's sloppy, sloppy, the inside's not the place to be. Right. Right. So I was thinking that maybe, uh, you know, that one lane, they're doing something on that one lane on right next to the inner railing that maybe is different than the other stuff. Who knows? We're all trying to find a way or an angle to find it, correct it, and so it could could uh, be, you know, corrected. I mean, this is because this is not good for anybody. No, it's a, it's a mess for everybody. It's it's again, it's terrible when you're watching races and praying that horses yeah. make it around. <laughs> that's not the point of playing the game. All right, uh, uh, a quick thought of the uh, Travers, uh, looking back on, on that race, uh, because we didn't have you here uh, Sunday or Monday. Uh, Archangelo, the real deal. He really is. Castellano made the right move, choosing him over Madge. Madge ran terrible, ran dead last, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Forte didn't show up, so uh, Archangelo moved to the head of the class. He certainly did, Ollie, that's for sure. Now we look ahead to the... Uh, Pacific Classic, and we're getting three-year-olds against the older horses uh, in the Pacific Classic, which I think is the first big major stakes race that the three-year-olds are going to mix it up with the older horses. So it'll be interesting to see if we can draw any type of comparison with the three-year-olds running in the Pacific Classic against the older horses and the three the the um, three-year-old class overall against the older horses this year as we move towards the Breeders' well, Cup. What's great about it, Ralph, is eleven or ten or eleven horses in the race. So when do yeah. you see that in the Grade One? <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic, and if you're a better, you have to love it. Yeah, there are eleven horses in the race. They drew for it, by the way, and here's how they uh, will line up: Gold Rocket Ride gets the rail, Katona gets the two hole. That's uh, Doug O'Neill and uh, Antonio Friso, who together have just tore up Del Mar last weekend. Wow. That big, long shot. Number three is Stiletto Boy. Uh, the four is Tripoli, who has won, uh, uh, well, he was fifth in the San Diego Handicap recently, but I think he won that race a couple of years ago. Uh, Defunded is the five horse. Uh, number six is Order in Law. The seven is Slow Down Andy. The eight is Senor Buscador, who won the San Diego. The nine is Arabian Night. The 10 is Paroli. And the 11 is Skinner. Pretty, That's a full field. Yeah. <laughs> I very much like a horse in that race, and I will divulge later on in the week because I'm not a handicapper. I'm just a horse that, I, a horse that I'm going to be betting in that race. No question about that. Already made my decision. In any case. Well, if you have an opinion, Ralph, you're supposed to step up to the plate and swing away, and it sounds like you have an opinion, so yeah. that's good. Yeah. 
By the way, I didn't want to be a little bit on the, the aloof side when I asked you asked me how I was, but at the moment, I'm trying to stop a finger from bleeding here in the studio. I, 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 I cut my finger on a sharp thing on the, on the board here, and it's not done. At least I got red blood. That's good. In any case, uh, that's, we're we're going that's very to good. <laughs> yeah uh, Saratoga. Now, uh, give me the uh, skinny on Saratoga. We the first race, the hurdle, uh, the steeplechase race has been canceled. Correct. Correct. The mile and the sixteenth turf, uh, turf races will move to a mile, a mile now on the main track. The seventh race, which is at a mile, which was originally scheduled for a mile and three sixteenths on mm-hmm. the turf, will now be run at a mile and an eighth on the main track. All right, so the feature race, the P.G. Johnson for two-year-old fillies that was scheduled for the Mellon uh, for the inner turf course at a mile and 16th, now rescheduled for the main track at a mile, correct? Yeah, but we're going to have a problem there. You have 11 horses entered. Three of them have run on dirt. Actually, two of them have run on dirt, and one has run on synthetic. The rest have never tried dirt for the first time, so that race is liable to get decimated with scratches. Uh, yeah, well, most of the races that are scheduled for the turf and transferred to the main get a lot of scratches at Saratoga anyhow, so we'll just have to put up with what they're, they're handing us today, and uh, let's get a pick. Okay, let's look at the seventh race today, scheduled for a mile and three sixteenths on the turf, which will now be a mile and eight. There are 16 horses that were entered, yeah. so even if they scratch half the field, we'll still have eight. There you go. <laughs> and I like the number three horse in here, Tower Red. This is a three-year-old filly from the red-hot Christopher Clement barn, yeah. Joel Rosario aboard to ride. She's listed at six to one. We'll be shorter than that because she could uh, handle the dirt. She's run well on the dirt, and she's run well on the slop also. Mm-hmm. I like number three, Tower Red, to win today's seventh race. Out in All right, seventh race uh, on the main, no matter. Uh, you like the three tower ret. Uh, the three in the seventh race at uh, Saratoga is your play. Reminding everybody that uh, Jonathan has a full sheet for Saratoga today at his website. All righty. Correct. And uh, we, will, uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Ralphie. Stay safe and be well. All right, you got it, my man. Thanks a lot. All righty. Well, I'm pretty much cleaned up now, I think. Anyhow, uh, we will be back. We'll get a check-in with John Linda from Southern California as we ramp up to the big weekend with the Pacific Classic on Saturday. Get his first impressions of the field there. And, of course, we still got Jerry Jackowitz with his play for today at Saratoga. So don't go away. We'll be right back. is fast and exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. 
Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All right, back on Race Day Las Vegas, and we're going to go out now to Southern California where John Lindo is standing by. John, good morning. Happy Pacific Classic Week. Yeah, it's going to be fun this week, Ralph. We're entering today for the rest of the card on Pacific Classic Saturday. Looks like we'll have a 12-race uh, uh, 12 race card mm-hmm. and an early first post time on Saturday on one, at one thirty. Now, uh, of course, uh, we got some uh, great stakes races surrounding uh, that for sure, and it's uh, the big Labor Day weekend. Is this the last full week through Labor Day at Del Mar to have one more left? We've got one more week after this. Next week, because of the holiday Monday racing, we will race on closing weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that will be the following week, and we end on uh, Sunday, September the 10th. Well, I know Antonio Fresu uh, had a, a banner week down there, didn't he? Yeah, he doesn't want this meet to end. He won 10 races, like you said, a bunch of them with uh, trainer Doug O'Neill, and uh, all the way up to second in the standings in his very first Del Mar meet. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, it sure is. That's for sure. And, you know, uh, with uh, the Pacific Classic, a million-dollar race, we've got uh, the Travers just ran for a million two hundred fifty thousand, And this Kentucky Downs always has thrown million-dollar uh, races around like, uh, you know, nothing. But there, there's, a, there's another side of this coin that ain't so – it's not such a happy deal for the race players. Right. You know, and I'm a big fan of the Kentucky Downs races. It's wide open, huge fields, uh, good wagering opportunities. But, uh, you know, given the amount of purses and the purses structure that they have out there, I don't know, and I, I'm disappointed that they decided to raise the takeout by a point on all wagers across the board yeah. for this meet at Kentucky Downs. Uh, you know, the reason they gave, well, they have a, a HISA bill of $650,000 they have to pay. Well, you know, I look at it, and uh, like you said on Saturday, the grade three, you know, grade three mint has a purse of $2 million, yeah. which is more than a lot of Breeders' Cup races. Do you think you would have drawn much of a different feel that maybe that purse was 1.5? And, and you know, there are a couple places where you could cut a little bit to pay those those fees and not stick it to the horse player. I just don't think that that was a, a horse player friendly move. It didn't look like it was warranted. So we'll see how the the handle goes. I'm I'm anticipating the handle will be good, but I'm just wondering, you know, what the horse players think as we go into the start of the meet there tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it's a great three and you made it a million-dollar race, uh, I don't think you'd have too many different horses uh, that the the field would be too much different. And then uh, you pay off Heiza, and you got a few uh, shackles left over. 
and you have a wagering public that that you know will support you because you're doing what's right by the horse players. I mean, the rates are already low, so that's mm-hmm. great. And yeah. and even though they raised it a point, it's still not an exorbitant uh, takeout compared to some of the other tracks around the country. It's just that. I don't see the necessity to, to hand that bill to the horse players when there's obviously a lot of purse money laying around there. They're, they've got some, a few dollars, I think, that they could probably take care of, of those uh, you know, in-house expenses. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, um, I, I think I, I love the racing at uh, Kentucky Downs, though. I, it's, it's unique, It's and it doesn't last so long that you get bored with it. It's unique, etc. And man, has it come a long way since dueling grounds? Because I was there when it was uh, dueling grounds, and it has changed a lot. And and they are dumping money into it to improve the racing itself, the track itself, etc. And like you said, yeah, uh, they still have the lowest uh, takeout, but I don't like the trend. Exactly, and that that's that's the only point. I'll be watching, and if I can figure out. Uh, you know, horses I like, I'll be wagering. But, uh, you know, it's just the idea that uh, I understand some of the other places where they're strapped for, for you know, with, with their margins are so thin mm-hmm. that they have to do it. But this is not a place, when you look at those purses, that you would think that, oh, we got, let's hand this bill to, to the horse player. This weekend coming up on Saturday, big day at uh, the Pacific Classic. Uh, they drew for the race. Any um, Any thoughts about uh, first blush at it? Well, yeah, I've, I've thought that the older horses, uh, the handicap horses out here in Southern California have been a modest group all year long. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there are the three three-year-olds, including the morning line favorite, Go Rocket Ride, is five to two on John White's morning line, uh-huh. and Arabian Night is the second choice at three to one. They're trying to become the first three-year-olds in shared belief, won the race in 2014. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think you have to start looking three-year-olds first here. Uh, Go Rocket Ride did draw the rail, but with the mile and a quarter, you've got that quarter-mile run all the way down the stretch the first time to find a position and, and try and not get trapped down on the fence. Yeah, and he'll uh, since he's predominantly a, a pace-type horse, he's going to have to hold that rail for a quarter-mile till they hit the uh, corner, too. Exactly. You know, the, the uh, Again, the jocks will play the break and yeah. see who goes, and, and you adjust from there. And that's why you have a guy like Mike Smith riding Go Rocket Ride. I got to tell you that it's going to be a lot of fun this week, that's for sure. And through Labor Day, of course, we always do a Labor Day show, so we'll be here doing that as well. Uh, but uh, looking ahead to uh, Del Mar uh, this week, uh, it's, it looks like it's going to be a hell of a card on Saturday. So uh, what is the uh, breakdown for the Lindo Report and any change in post times? Uh, well, uh, again, we'll do Del Mar every day starting tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, first post time Friday, three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacific Classic Day with the twelve race card will be one uh, one thirty, uh-huh. and then we go back to the usual two o'clock first post time Sunday and Monday. So Thursday, Sunday, Monday, two o'clock, three o'clock Friday, one thirty on Saturday. And uh, eleven races, you say, on uh, Pacific Classic Day. I would imagine that maybe uh, some of the other days will have ten. Yeah, you know, they were still making up some of the races from that cancellation a couple oh. of Sundays ago, and it is a 12-race card, not 11, on Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, 12 races. Um, okay, we're going to, uh, of course, uh, we'll, uh, you'll be back with us tomorrow to update us on the jockey trainer standings and all that as we ramp up for the uh, big uh, Pacific Classic weekend right through Labor Day with uh, Del Mar, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good, Ralph. I'll be ready to go. We'll uh, back in action at Del Mar. Perfect weather down here this week. We'll be in good shape. All right. You got it, my man. Thanks a lot. Good luck today. All righty. Now, uh, we've got, uh, I, 
I would imagine we were, I guess we uh, lost uh, Jerry Jackowitz. We're going to go to a quick break and then we'll come back and see if we can get uh, Jerry on. Well, we found him. So let's go right to Jerry Jackowitz here. Give him a couple of minutes here on the show. Uh, Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. Sorry about that. Well, that's okay. I, I just lost you. I go, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, I don't like to be lost. That's so sure. far, I lost you and cut my finger on a, on a sharp object here in the studio this morning. Not going not going that well, but it, it's going to improve, that's for sure. we got a big yeah. Labor Day weekend coming up, and, of course, you'll do Jerry J's Power Pages for all of Saratoga and all of Del Mar right through Labor Day Monday, and uh, now we're looking ahead to the Pacific Classic weekend. Uh, any uh, thoughts about uh, what happened uh, in the Travers or uh, over the weekend? Well, I wanted to talk briefly about the uh, unfortunate and very sad breakdown of New York Thunder and okay. before that, uh, Mel, mm-hmm. um, uh, August Dawn's horse that was winning. Yeah. I don't believe for a minute that there was anything wrong with the track and these horses, I'm sure, broke down because of other reasons, um, misstep, or you know, maybe they had a, a slight, you know, a slight weakness in their structure and just gave out at the, you know, at that point. But I don't believe for a minute, not even for a second, that there was anything wrong with the track or that the maintenance crew at Saratoga hadn't taken care of that to its best degree. Because I know how these people on the backstretch are uh, about horses. Sure, I sure. know how much they care about them. Right. And uh, this is a beautiful game. It's a dangerous game, but it's a beautiful game, a uh, combination of horse and man coming together and at so many different levels in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's easy. it's easy to just point at that moment because... That's the spot, and it's relatively close. The two horses broke down at, but um, I think that's just happened since. And if you think about horse racing, the horses who are in the lead have put out more energy and effort than everybody else at that point, yeah. and consequently, they have probably a greater chance of that happening. And when you think about how infrequently breakdowns happen compared to how many horses are running over the track every single day, all right, it's. It's small. It's not. All right, let's a, uh, let's get some horses here, Saratoga. Okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can hear, I have a little cold. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go to the fifth race at Saratoga today. Uh, we'll get started there. We're going mm-hmm. a mile on the inner turf, and we'll go to number eight, Rambling Wreck. Uh, excuse me, I'm very busy. Yeah. Uh, from Chad Brown with uh, Flavian Pratt up, first time Lasix blinkers on. There's a lot of things I like about this horse. Okay. Um, and um, I just think she's going to really fire today. So I like the eight over the one, three, four, six in reverse. I'm really pressing up the eight, one, one, eight. All right, we've got about 10 seconds to get a second play, fifth race, the eight over one, three, four, six, and reverse. Second play. Let's go to the eighth race. We'll take number four, signal from noise. We'll play the four over the six. The two, three, six, and eight. All right. So in the uh, eighth race, uh, we're going to get the four horse over two, three, six, and eight in reverse, right? Correct. All right. Fifth race, the eight. Eighth race, the four with the link-ups. 
And don't forget Jerry J's Power Page for today at Saratoga, no matter what the weather is like. It's right now at jerryjspowerpage.com. Thanks a lot, Jerry. We'll uh, we'll see if we can keep you uh, connected uh, tomorrow. In any case, one more thing to say. Say it. Uh, have a great race day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>